And now come back to the communion. And I was talking about uh, the two contrasts of the two covenants. Okay? We mentioned that the old covenant seems to be good. That people who are in the covenant, in the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, they are promised a blessing. Okay? A present blessing of having a land of milk and honey. You know, uh, a lot of good provisions. And the people just need to obey the renter's covenant, okay? obey the laws of Moses. Then they can stay there um, as long as they obey the law. But there's a problem. And, and when they obey, the blessings will come to them uh, you know, in the house and out of the house, in the city and in the country, and the, you know, in the basin and when they you know, uh, needing those and the, in, the, in the bread after it's baked. And everywhere, you know, uh, the, the things they, they raise, like the, uh, the, the sheep, they will multiply. The money they invest, they will multiply. It seems to be a really good blessing. However, the condition of continuing such a blessed state is very high because it requires that all Israelites at all times obeying all the laws, which is impossible to continue, right? To be realistic. So what happens is that somebody is going to sin at some time on some issue. But God remembers all of this, and these will accumulate. As they approach a certain level, God will have wrath against their sin, and they have to be punished because God is just. You know, God is love. He's also just. He has to be both. He cannot give part of him and just be the other. You know, as liberals want God's love, and then some fundamentalists want God's uh, justice. But God is both. So he loves his people, he wants to bless them, but they have to be righteous. And if they're not, they have to be taught. So discipline comes, you know, oppression comes, and they go, when they repent, they will go in cycles and so on. But as every cycle, it seems to be a cycle, but it's not a complete cycle. Every cycle is going downhill, right? So at a certain time, this whole state of affair is going to end. Because its purpose of teaching has been fulfilled. Okay? God established Israel to write a history written for the church, as the New Testament says. Everything that was written in the Old Testament is for us, the New Testament people. Okay? So we who are in the spiritual kingdom, we understand God by His act in space and time on Israel. Okay? So, spiritual things are revealed in physical things, history. Okay? And we who have the Holy Spirit will be able to understand it. Okay? That's why the old covenant, the blessings is good, but the punishment, if you read it, is horrible. Okay? Because as if you disobey this law to a certain extent, I will withhold the rain. And what happened to the land when you don't have the rain? The land of Canaan. Okay. When, you don't, when you have the rain, you have grass, and you have sheep eating the grass, you have milk. You have flour, and you have honey, uh, uh, bees, and you have honey. You have the land of milk and honey. But when you don't have the rains, you have neither. Right? So people are going to have starvation, and they will have to repent, and then so on. But when they are sinning again, God saying, you don't learn the lesson, I have to up the level. You know, uh, to now sending oppressions from 
foreign countries. Okay? And if you repent and then I'm remove them. This is what happened during the time of judges. Okay? But what happens if they still don't learn the lesson? See, they want to protect themselves by a powerful king. That's what they ask. They want a strong king like the nations. Protect them from the oppressors from foreign countries. They knew that <laughs> the oppressors came because of their sin. So they don't want the oppression, but they don't want to repentance either. That's why they want the kings. <laughs> okay, so God said, okay, I'll give you a king. Well, a king like Saul, who was tall and big on the outside, but weak on the inside. It was a failure. Okay, then God gave him the man after God's own heart. That's David. But what happened to David's son? who was blessed, but he had how many wives? 300 wives and 400 concubines. Do you know how young was, was, he, when he was he when he died? He was about 58 years old, partly because of having too many wives. <laughs> so, you know, nobody can take care of so many wives and make them happy, okay? And that's why he allowed them to worship their own gods. And that's why... The kingdom was divided, right? A and 10 out of the 12 tribes were stripped away, and God left a remnant. And uh, what happened to these remnants even when they, still don't when they still don't repent? Well, they will be exiled, okay, and to, to other countries. Because if you don't obey the renter's covenant, you're evicted. Okay? God will bring them back because of God's faithfulness. But the whole history of Old Testament ended with a failure. But it is written as a lesson to show that the Old Covenant in the physical kingdom, while being good, while being filled with grace in the law, however, the way of works under the law does not reach salvation. Okay? It is only an illustration for something higher. The spiritual kingdom, when all the sins are forgiven once for all by believing in the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who is Jesus Christ. And the, the new covenant is qualitatively greater than the old covenant. We agree? And thank God the new covenant is given to those who have only one condition that they know they are poor in spirit and they mourn for their sin thus they are open for grace in Christ Jesus Christ uh, and therefore they can be regenerated by the Holy Spirit and then they have the new life so that is not defined the new covenant people is not defined by bloodline nor by works nor by knowledge of the law. The new covenant people are only defined by one condition. They have the Holy Spirit. They have been made anew in Christ Jesus. And that definition does not demand on your race, your origin, your nationality, your color, or your deeds. It is open for all. And God and God alone is the one who decides who gets saved. And we who are saved have done nothing except opening up to the love of God and realizing the fact that we don't deserve it. But we are glad. We are loved. And we receive it.
and that's how we come into the new covenant. Okay? And in the new covenant, our sins are forgiven once for all. But if you think that you can take advantage of that, then you, are, you don't understand the new covenant. Okay? It is a relationship of like family love. It's total trust beyond the parent, children, or husband and wife. It is a, uh, it, it's a relationship of the father and his heir. Okay? It's a total trust to the one who will inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's and also yours. You see, that's why you will be responsible to keep it clean, pure, and righteous and strong. And you are not trying to, to, to damage the kingdom of God and benefit you. That means you are not it. You're not in it. If you're in it, you're not going to try to damage it because it's God's and yours. Okay. See, that's why when we gather together, we are here to remember why we are able to call up ourselves the people of God now. We are in the new covenant, not the old covenant. Okay? The old covenant was an illustration. The new covenant is a reality. Okay? And uh, the old covenant was special for a special race, the Jewish people, or Is Israelite and Jewish people. The new covenant is available for people from all background. And we're not in it because of anything good in us. Actually, it's the fact that we recognize that there's nothing good in us qualifying by itself the kingdom of God, okay? But it's grace, it's love, it's God opening up his bosom, embracing us who are imperfect. And since we recognize that in Christ Jesus, he's making us perfect, okay? We, when we take this bread, remember, it's, uh, it's unleavened bread representing a sinless life of Christ. And then he, sin, being sinless, he should not have died. But he gave his life, not being forced. He willingly gave up his life, okay? Because of his obedience to the Father's uh, election of his bride and because of his love of his bride, okay? And when we take this drink, remember it represents the blood of Christ, which is shed for us, and they will, uh, it will um, cover us from God's sin. Uh, from, from our sins, okay? Cover us from God's wrath. So, um, when we take both of this, it is a renewal of our covenant with God, and that is uh, how we have the desire and the power to continue living, to strive for holiness, to, uh, to live for God and to seek for His pleasure. That is whole uh, the, uh, the whole meaning of a new covenanter's life. Okay, so let's pray and we'll distribute these things. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you confessing our sins. Uh, even though we know we have been positionally sanctified, we are not complete yet. But you have promised to complete us in Christ Jesus. For that, we are grateful. We pray that we always remember the reason of uh, our salvation which is your grace in Christ Jesus. And there's nothing we can boast in us, but everything we can boast is his name. And in his name we pray.
Let us remember the grace of Christ in giving us his body crucified on the cross. He sacrificed a sinner's life to pay for the sins of us. And then that is an ultimate grace of love, giving up his life for his beloved. And in shedding his blood, he also covered us from God's wrath. Think about his spending, uh, expanding his coat to cover us from, let's say, acid rain of God's wrath. And then he sacrificed himself, but he also, because of his obedience to the Father, he had victory in his resurrection. Thus, in this, there's not only a remembrance of the past, but also a prediction of the future, that he shall come again, and he shall have a wedding of the Lamb with his bride, the church, and he shall celebrate his victory for his honor. And we live today in expectation of that day. The blood of Christ Giving for us, we take it in remembrance of him. Body of Christ. And the blood of Christ shed for us, we bring this in remembrance of him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, our Lord and our Savior, thank you for loving us, Thank you for coming into this world to reveal God to us, to reveal truth to us, to reveal love to us. And thank you for defeating Satan on the cross through your resurrection. And thank you for creating the church by sending the Holy Spirit. Today, we are the, the recipients of your grace. And we pray that your grace will transform us to um, voluntarily conform to your image and uh, to hunger and thirst for righteousness and to be willing to suffer even for the sake of righteousness. And by that, we shall be uh, entered, uh, admitted and assured of the entry into the kingdom of heaven. We pray in your name.